After Things is brought to you by Patreon.com slash Weird Things. Thank you for supporting this show. Hello and welcome to After Things. I'm Andrew Main, joined by Brian Brushwood. Hello, hello. Justin Robert Young. Sir. And Bryce Castillo. Hi there. So, you know, I uh, I had to remember all your names without looking at your faces because I'm on audio. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just Oh, wait. wait just have, you, have you been working on your memory? <laughs> uh, yes. Yes, I have been working on my memory. Oh, good. I didn't Every- remember that. Day, every day. Uh, it's it, no. Well, yeah, it's funny. I've been I've been doing this deep dive, and I'll probably go into it a lot more later on. Both reading about this, building apps, trying to work on techniques and stuff to help improve it. And I think we mentioned this last time was even just making the effort to remember names, you will get better at remembering names. Even even if you just make yourself conscious, the next time you go meet people, try to remember names. I do this like all the time. Like I was at the doctor's office, you know, and I meet one of the, you know, one of the nurses there and she says, oh, this is so-and-so. And I just practice. I do not need to remember their names, but I do right now, uh, you know, and, you know, uh, in the Jasmine and Rhea, you know, like just because I just made that effort to remember, which normally I would have been like in one ear and out the other. Yeah. And it doesn't mean that I have like amazing, perfect recall at all. It does mean though that, uh, you know, paying 30% more attention means you're paying 30% more attention. Yeah. Uh, I, I tell you what, since we've talked about it, I've, I've made a concerted effort uh, to remember more rank, like people that I see on a, like once a week basis, that would be like good for me to remember their names. Mm. Like I've been, I've been working on that. And even now I just like went through my head to remember all the people that I've tried to do it with. And I could remember all, I could remember all of them. So I was every happy. single one. Well, it's only three, so it's oh, okay. Not, it's not, you know, I'm not. And, and their names are Bryce, Andrew. And no, Brian. they're not. <laughs> Shut up, Adam. Uh, so, Brian Adam Brushwood. Yeah. It is a a you know, it's a thing that you have to continuously practice. And I've been reading, you know, some stuff on memory and other methods. And, and one of the things I've seen is that like how journaling helps. Cause like I have like personal goals, like my personal goal is I'd like to improve my autobiographical memory. One is to help know what the hell that I did. We talked about that. I'd like to remember everybody I met and, you know, also be able to call things that I read. Those are the things that I want. Those are kind of my, my goals. And to do that, another component to that, which I'm about to start doing more of is with journaling and journaling is lame. I think that I stand by my claim that journaling is lame. But it's actually, it's <laughs> actually fake. Really I love it. <laughs> Drag them. No, I, 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 it's one of these things where I kind of go, all right, I see, I see what you're up to here. If you write things down, you remember them. Ah. Especially if you go back and read them later to revisit them. Yeah, but the weird thing is, is even just the act of writing it down yeah. helps commit it to memory. And so 
I, I may start trying to do that more. And because I do, I look at like, what are the practical benefits? One of it is I'm in an environment where I meet people who often need something and knowing people who have that resource or whatever can be super helpful. The most valuable people to me are the people I call like, hey, who do you know who knows this or can do that? And I imagine that in my lifetime, I've probably met tens of thousands of people. And if had I a better recall of those people, then I would be more useful to other people. It uh, uh, Number one, yes, because now all of a sudden, exponentially, you've grown your ability to be a facilitator. And when it comes to network effects, uh, I think it was 20 years ago in a Wired article, uh, they, they put it as it's not who you know. It's who you kind of know, but can remember how to get a hold of them. And uh, uh, in, in terms of the writing stuff down, I remember uh, I did Texas Academic Decathlon, which is test taking as a sport. And uh, one of the things that the teacher did is, look, I don't care if you actually write it down, but we know this works. So I'm going to insist you pretend to write it down, but you must choose to actually pretend to write it down. And I'll be danged if, if that didn't work. Yeah. It, it's even, I don't know. It's, I, uh, I have been recommended to journal, uh, you know, for in therapy and I don't want to, <laughs> it doesn't like, I get it. I get that it will probably work like with most things. Have that you tried simple. it? Not, with intention, no. You never said, dear Bryce, <laughs> I'm you. Not in this decade. I'm writing you to remember that we're the same. It's, but there, there is a, dis, there's some sort of mental disconnect there of like, it, it, it almost certainly works, right? Like all of these simple advice things, they do work. Oh yeah. This but, is like, like, this is like, like, like the, the, the drink more water thing yeah. where it's like, Hey, guess what? Get more sleep and drink more water, and your and your life is infinitely better. It's the dumbest advice. It's the easiest advice, and yet it's the hardest to follow because you're like, ah, whatever, yeah, yeah, come on, you don't need it. But that much well, water, I'm peeing all the time. But but at the same time, like reflecting on your day and you know processing your day and yeah. thinking on you know that that it that's all that's great. Composing your thoughts for the next day, like that. There's there's a real work to that. Do you think that you would? be less reluctant to engage with it if it wasn't called journaling. If there was a hot new app, it's called, it's called fast tracking and everybody's doing it. What you do is every night you write down what you did today and set goals for tomorrow. It's incredible. Um, uh, I don't think it's the name of it though. It does make me think of like keeping a diary, which does just have like, Connotations, prehistoric connotations. Just like every human That's has a thought of what a diary is and what it means. Should be fast tracking, um, which kind of makes me interested well, in the Apple uh, journaling thing that they were teasing. Uh, that they'll do an app that kind of just says at the end of the day, "Hey, it looks like you probably did these things," and then like prompt you to do more, more journaling. That would be. I yep. need a nag. I need someone to nag me. Yeah, for me, it's it's like I needed to know well, the, why the hell am I doing this? Like I hear about like gratitude journals, which maybe like I'm pretty grateful. Like I'm, I feel What's grateful. That? I, I'm not. What is a grat? I'm not familiar with that term. A gratitude journal is literally you every day you write the things that you are grateful for. And a, uh, a lighter version of the same thing is uh, people who are uh, changing 
their habits and trying to, uh, you know, not lean on booze to fall asleep or whatever are advised to, okay, yes, you're going to lay in bed and yes, you're going to, you know, your squirrely mind is going to want to conjure up all the things you should be afraid of. Instead, direct your mind and instead of counting sheep, just literally name all the things that you're thankful for and then eventually you fall asleep. Yeah, I think I think that's a very healthy I think that's a very healthy thing to do. I for me personally, I, I feel pretty grateful. I don't I'm not dealing my I, I, I think I deal with just sort of different stress issues than other people. Not I mean not everybody, but then a lot than that's sort of meant for. You know, I look at for me, it's like, yeah, as a personal goal, I look at like what capacity do I have? what ability would I like to have? And I go like, yeah, I would like to be able to recall my books better, I'd like to recall people better. That's one of these, you know, that's yeah. the thing. Like the first one is just faces. And I think things that work towards that goal, I'm interested in. Things towards, I don't, I don't, I, I don't, I, I don't have any issues I'm trying to work through. Also, uh, you know, one of the things I looked liked about the Lisa Genova book is she sort of mentioned something. It's only kind of in one paragraph, and that is revisiting traumatic events is probably not actually helpful for the most part because all you do is you just keep reinforcing those things in your head. Yeah. And there are psychologists that would strongly disagree with that. But I would say that the neuroscience is pretty strong that if, if you're going to the kind of therapist that makes you talk about a thing every single day in the same way without trying to frame it in a way to diminish it, you're going to be going to a therapist the rest of your life. Right. And, and there is a perverse incentive among some therapists to get somebody on the hook for a very long time. Yeah. Well, I'm, but it, but it can be in a way that they're not – they don't realize it. It can be a way they have the best of intentions, but – and they can also – you can – you know, you watch people buy into, you know, belief sets or stuff like this. You hear somebody say a thing, like, I don't think they question it. And if you're – if believing a thing does help you with that, like, no, you can't just deal with these things that way. You have to do this. Like, okay, I guess you're right. You know, it makes sense, and it works out really well for me that it's, that's the way that it works. Yeah. Most therapists are nuts too. Oh, uh, without a doubt, without a doubt, they're like I, the, I, the craziest people I've ever met in my life, therapists. And, and we're speaking about our personal friends who yes. are therapists. Yeah. That's the thing, you know. Yeah. Like, not... Loons, like, and I went yeah. out with a, a friend of ours that you know went through school for it, and it was like one night out with the people, and I'm like, you're you're the people helping, you're you're the people that are like, you're all insane. You are all feral squirrels that learn a script that like that and and, and charge money. For your point of view, yeah. The, the the example I give is the kids who became auto mechanics were the kids that had could only afford the really crappy cars in high school and kept having to fix them. Good point. <laughs> you know, and so yeah, that's who gets into therapy. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I'm, I I'm saying I'm saying that the, the the practice is something that I do think is is in, incredibly helpful, and I'm not saying that, mm -hmm. there, that there's no such thing as a good practitioner. I'm just saying <laughs> everyone no, I, I've I, ever met has been a total lunatic. And I, I, I kind of compare that to like doctors. Like I think there are fantastic doctors out there. They're incredibly mm -hmm. capable doctors. I also know I'm not that capable of telling if a doctor is actually a good doctor or not. You know, I think I've gone through this before. I had a dentist who was a super nice guy, liked his practice, liked everybody there. And then I realized one day he was completely incompetent <laughs> and it was like, ah, I, I got confused by this great bedside manner for the fact that this dentist really was not a critical thinker because it was a, you know, one of these things where it was just, 
a very simple to diagnose thing. I kept asking about it and he just said, Oh, I think then it turned out to be that. But anyhow. Yeah. Um, well, this, this is like, it's like, yeah. like when I, when I went to a political conference and I'm talking to this dude and this very, very charismatic guy and he's, he's sharing all of his various different political philosophies and bringing political history. And I'm like, like, Oh wow, that's fascinating. It's fascinating. Then it gets to a certain point. He's like, yeah. And that's why they killed Kennedy. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh no, like now I got to go back and detangle like everything. Ah, oh, geez. All right. Whatever. Uh, but back to all this, the memory stuff, things like that. Um, I've been thinking a lot about what is it going to be like if we have stuff like the Apple Vision, you know, Quest is, I actually just ordered the uh, Quest Pro, by the way. Which one is that? This is the the newer. Yeah, but but the but the, the the super expensive one, like the yeah. the one K plus one, right? Yeah, they, it was fifteen. They knocked it down to one thousand, and and I got it because it's going to be you know six months before you know any you know uh, plebeians like myself get my hands on a Apple Vision, and I do a lot of development and care, yeah. you know kind of curious about development stuff, and the Quest Pro has. Uh, I believe it does have eye tracking and it has good hand tracking in there. And oh, so uh, uh, the hand tracking is better, but I, you know, I wouldn't advise anybody to get it. I would wait, wait until they come up with the, the MetaQuest 3 because that's going to be the one that's should actually have better resolution than this and have good features. It won't have like uh, all the features in it, but that, you know, but if you're a developer, sure. But otherwise, no. Um, yeah, this was the one that they initially, the reports were at least that they wanted to make them kind of like fleet devices for offices to build up the idea of the metaverse as a place in which you can get work done. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. That it didn't. Yeah, that sounds misguided. But it did. Yeah, didn't, go ahead. Didn't you just ex describe the pitch that Apple just made for the vision <laughs> is it could be a place to get work done? Uh, and I think that device will rise and fall on whether or not it can. The difference is also that they are selling that to people to bring into work yourself in the way that you would buy a MacBook to bring right. to work. Uh, what Meta's idea was like, oh, we'll sell them to the average person at 15, but what we really want to do is go to X company and say, hey, you should buy a bajillion D. 500 yeah and give them to all your execs so you can always meet uh, uh, X, Y, or Z. That was the other thing is that like their pitch for get work done in it was have a meeting where Doug's a squid. Right. And it's like, it's not, Hey, run all your apps and do email and possibly Photoshop and like all these things that, you know, are actually work. Um, yeah. They were like more just like, Hey, you know, zoom. What if Doug was a squid? <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah, it definitely sets up a metaverse where meetings are the only thing that gets done. Yeah. Well, it, yeah, it's a, it is. They want it to be a place to get work done, but is it a place where you can get work done? And that was you look at the early the early PCs, you know, the late 70s and early before you had the IBM PC, they were, you know, we had you had uh, literal paper calc typewriters yeah, yeah, you and know. stuff. Yeah, and it took it took, you know, the embrace of like first the Mac with like you know TypeScript and whatnot to be able to actually do you know really things that looked as good as did come out of a typewriter, and then all of a sudden it became better than what you could produce because of you know all the little office printing applications and stuff. But like 
Visicalca spreadsheets, that was a big deal. Like spreadsheets, spreadsheets are sort of don't get as much attention. If you think, think about this, the app that made the Apple II really t- kick off sales was Visicalc. The thing that made the IBM PC was like Lotus Notes or whatever, like that was the same thing, it was really spreadsheet applications because that gave you a thing that was clearly and obviously much, much easier to do on a computer than anything else. Because otherwise, spreadsheets were like doing entry books, was doing having to you know do the math math yourself, doing all that. It was clearly, oh yeah, that you can't, you you would not want to go back after that. And to this day, do you know what they say the number one programming language in the world is? Excel script. Basic. Yep. It's Excel. <laughs> wow. Oh wow. Yeah, I mean, There's more more people work in that apparently than any other language. Yeah, and it's you know it's relatively easy to learn. You know, I I. Uh, presuming it's similar to the same language in Google Sheets, like, yeah, it's 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 hard to get over just the everyone uses it factor, right? Everyone uses Excel or or Sheets, I guess, but you know, there's only so many, uh, like like for 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 video editing, you know, we use the Adobe Suite uh, for for a bunch of stuff here, and these are. These by many people the best capital P professional software, industry standard software to use, and it is constantly broken. It's constantly behind. There's all sorts of questionable decisions. Wait, and and that that's how you know it. you have a hit. It's like when the alternative is, what are you going to do? Not use it? Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Like I was talking with Justin about this the other day. Like Adobe Audition, the you know the audio editing program doesn't have folders. <laughs> you can't fo- you can't group items in your project together. You, they just they're just all one big big list. Like wow, it's that soft. So um, there's room for improvement everywhere. You know, but, even within ourselves. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> or is that it? No, uh, uh, that, that, was, that, that, that was the sound of all of us wondering where this was headed. No, and that was that was me firing off a uh, self-help non sequitur and then moonwalking out of the conversation. But I, I, I think that we're going to be seeing a very interesting kind of you know paradigm as these things become better, as they become slimmer. If you look at you look at the progression of from the Oculus the first quest to looking at like the quest three and how they've made it much thinner. Yeah. Um, that's, that's helpful. And and there's going to be different ways there. There's, you know, things on the drawing books that say like, okay, if we can solve this engineering challenge, you know, we can get things to even, you know, even smaller and smaller. Um, the contact lens display is still, uh, a, kind of an engineering fantasy because of just, you just it's really hard to just put things right on the surface of your cornea and have you see them clearly. Um, but, you know, maybe someday. But until then, I think you might get lighter and lighter frames and you might get projected systems, things like this. But it is, I think, you know, it, where that time frame is, I think it's going to be a lot of like slow progress like we are and then a bunch of jumps. Mm. Yeah. I mean, and that that would be consistent with where we are now. You know, we've seen, especially in this in this tech, like as processing power has become more and more, you know, it follows a fairly linear path. The, you know, the, the, uh, components getting smaller, cheaper, lighter that you can do the stuff that like the vision pro is going to do is 
remarkable and amazing. And that, that will feel like a big jump and, and then we'll see cheaper knockoff versions of what it can do. And, and I think more and more that'll just be the, uh, the, the jumping off point, hopefully. Would we do our podcast in VR? Uh, yeah, I'll I be mean, square. Uh, that's not the real question. Cause the answer is obviously yes. The real question is, will we do it more than once? <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. That's, that's the question. Like, like if, if we are all of a sudden put on our headsets, like, uh, for our viewers at home or listeners at home, one of the things that we love to do that we just have not had time, or maybe they've had time to do it without me is playing the game Dimeo. Yeah. Do you guys want to describe Demio to our, our listeners? Yeah, it's a tabletop uh, RPG turn-based uh, picture playing Diablo, but not in real time, where you have to plan out your moves. If you're familiar with a Warhammer 40K or something, uh, where everything is kind of turn-based and you only get so many things to do. Um, it's a tabletop VR game. Uh, yeah. No, it's great. Um, uh, also, uh, when I think of it, I think of how my neck hurts. Because because we're all crowded around looking down. Mm. Got to tilt the board up, Brian. You know you can do that. Yeah. When they've uh, got so, they've got demo now for the non VR platforms too, so you can just oh, so you can play. Can you play the same game with a non VR yes. person? Yes. Oh, awesome. I mean, we finally get to kill the Rat King. <laughs> Maybe. Yes. Maybe. But little, it's it's little, a very fun experience. Where, yeah, it's it's a thing that it, it's what I call kind of like a non obvious VR experience where we're we're not running around quarters doing this is. We're sitting around the D&D table moving these characters, though. But we're able to play with game pieces and have interactions that are cool and play virtually. Those kind of experiences, I think, we're going to see a lot more of. And, and a, a game like Demio, where, you know, you can go sit in your kitchen and play it or whatever and kind of have your environment around you and have that persistent table and walk back to it and in and out of it is going to be very interesting because all of a sudden – you know, it's not like, you know, you just say goodbye to the wife and kids and say, I'm going to be gone for two hours. I won't be here. It's going to be like, yeah, you're playing this thing. You can talk to other people and you can interact and walk with it. Those kinds of experiences, I don't think we've really thought through what it's going to be interesting when you're doing mixed reality. Yeah. A, uh, yeah. A VR version of Tabletop Simulator, you know, if they figure that out, then you open the door. But I think, I think that's, that's the real again among the things that we will see whether or not apple vision pro can deliver on its promise is the concept of have an immersive world that doesn't require you fully disconnecting uh yeah. that that you can bounce in between almost seamlessly in the same way that we can be in our phones and then talk to somebody right i mean like, imagine bryce is using an apple vision or whatever right now and he's using he's got his control board okay his VR control board. You look over and you see Bryce. He's got his virtual control, 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 right? But what you don't know that Bryce is also controlling his Marvel game or playing mm. Tim. <laughs> Bryce, you double dipping? <laughs> Procrastination at a new level. Damn. Multi-crastinating. Multi exactly. He's bidding on Facebook Marketplace right now. I'm going to get those enchiladas, I swear. That's the thing is be like, oh, yeah, he's, he's here with us. He's working right now. Yeah, but is he really fully here? Yeah. Mm -hmm. so. I mean, uh, to some extent, we, we already kind of live in that universe with our cell phones in kind of a proto way. Oh, I agree. I think the difference is like I went to the movie theater yesterday and I look around. I want to brag, but I did go to the movie theater. Mm -hmm. um, and 
I look over, I look behind me and I see the ticket taker has got her phone out and she's tapping on the ticket, you know, tapping on this. I see like a snack bar guy in the corner on his phone tapping on. If I were the manager of the movie theater, I clearly know they're not doing movie theater business. Yeah. No, they are, uh, they're on their own, their own time. Yeah. Yeah. So I went up and I complained. No, but like, but like if you're all of a sudden in VR, like. Who knows? Who knows what you're doing? You know, like, oh, yeah, no, I'm doing it. I'm looking at the inventory in the stock room and doing a fill there. Is is uh, how much do we feel like the mixed reality is the final uh, form of widespread VR? One of these different modalities is going to take over, whether it's mixed or full VR or. Do you think that, though, Bryce? Do you really think that one will win? Uh. Uh, yeah, in that I think a lot. I think there will be uh, there will be something for of uh, all of these things. Do but you one of them really believe be, it, though, Bryce? But are do we, you, are believe you believe to pledge your life? Are do you, you really believe truly committed <laughs> to this idea? On the edge of that cliff, I'm are you ready to, to swan dive into that? To back down from something that I think the idea that there's only going to be one. I know. Will I, you <laughs> rue the day that you said because only one I don't, would win? I, I, well, I hold on, let me Bryce finish the chance to think this through because I me, totally disagree with him. Uh, Rice, we're going to get... <laughs> sorry. Uh, uh, look, the, there, will, there will be something of everything, but I I think there's going to be one that's a, that everyone says, if you're going to put something on your head, go get that one. And, and there will still be the sit down thing. There will still be the thing where you get strapped in and they put you on one of those running, those running wheels. So like, it, there, there will be versions of all of that. Cause there's no reason that as tech, this technology should go away, but one of them's going to be the top dog. It'll be sort of like a Mac versus PC thing where it's like, well, yes, of course you need a computer, but which, you know, do do you want the one, you know, let's say, yeah. Or, or think of it more like PC versus or, Linux. Or it's more PC Windows, versus Linux yeah. than that. I, I like, actually think more that the difference between VR and mixed reality and AR will be more like screen sizes or form factors. Like like they're just going to be different things that we need for different problems or, or uh, uh, things that we like. It, it's uh, I, I, I don't think that one will quote unquote win in, in the sense that it will take away from the others in the same way that I don't think owning an iPhone means I'm less likely to own a MacBook. For some people, it is. You know, what, owning and- owning a good iPad is better than having a Mac. Like my, my wife pretty much now only has a a good iPad with a keyboard. And that is her her primary thing that she uses in her in her day-to-day life. So that did kill a MacBook for her that she might have otherwise wanted to buy. Another uh, I think pretty good proxy is is the fact that I, I bought two uh, uh, Apple watches and uh, and wore them each for about a week and then uh, and then went back to first it was going back to my pebble and that now it's this Garmin e-ink device because uh, it turns out that I don't want to charge to anything charge ever yeah. yeah and that's just apparently fundamental that's the thing me. that's the thing yeah. for you yeah and and I do think that for some people, I mean, look, I genuinely believe that Apple is looking to cannibalize MacBook and iPad sales with Apple Vision Pro. I think that they are looking at that as a thing that will long term erode their sales in, in, in that. And so I could see in a world where let's say that that pans out for them and it is that successful that, yeah, I have my Apple Vision Pro, but you want to know what that's kind of for work. Um, 
I also want a more lo-fi thing that I do other stuff on or, or that something I, more discreet, less distracting for, you know, if you're going out socially, you want to be able to mm -hmm. receive maybe alerts. something that has a private web browser for private web browsing. <laughs> yeah. You know, you know so it you deletes the history, something that, yeah, puts comes, up a curtain it comes with a private bank account, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like that. I mean, at the end of the day, yeah. If we go down, if you go down the. Which, by the way, far, it's only three nineteen at this point. If you go down the timeline far enough, at the end of the day, it won't be. It won't even be head-mounted displays. It will be like glasses or something. The smallest version of these will be what we inch and inch and inch forward towards. Um, yeah, and, it, uh, and they won't look uh, anything like that. Because that, that gap, I, I agree. So, like right now, they're like ski goggles. But let's say they get small enough that you have two choices: you can either put on swim goggles or uh, an almost indetectable pair of regular glasses that that gives you a very. I mean, I don't low, know. I, I think whenever we experience. and Andrew, you've probably followed the patents on this far closer than anybody else on the show. But uh, I, I tend to think that the future of this is probably just more lighter, smaller kind of form factor versions of what we've seen. Yeah. I don't know. I think that I, one of the things I've made the argument for is that if you look like I'm sitting in front of my computer right now and uh, you know, I got the, I got a 34 inch display. This display is bigger than every single television I grew up with. Right. By a huge margin. Um, and I'm sitting way close to it, mom, stop me now. Um, but, uh, my, you know, where, how long, how much bigger, and I think there is a Moore's law for display sizes and it gets to a point where you start to say, I need more and more screens. And then how are we going to get those screens? There's going to be a lot of ways we'll get those screens. One way is going to be VR is going to be, you know, spatial systems that do, you know, let you put on a glass scene rally. Another one is you could start just like when you, every light bulb you get might just be a laser projector mm. and you start designing things around where you just put flat surfaces and stuff and blank walls where you want it. And it will just make a pretty wallpaper when you're not using it. And then it will turn into the thing and you can do really cool stuff too. Remember those demonstrations we saw of like those rooms where they would project like on several different sides and somebody yeah. could walk through Yeah, and you, yeah, you can do really cool stuff. If I just say, Hey, I only have to convince this person from this point of view that this has depth or to it, whatever. Uh, there's, I don't know. I think it's going to be, I think, I think I like Apple using the term spatial computing because what they're trying to say, forget the medium, forget about the medium. It's going to be, there's going to be different devices. There's going to be different ways that we're going to do it. So has, what, has Pat, anybody yeah. attempted, uh, you, you, you just caused me to think of a, a silly thing. Uh, I was thinking about like uh, what would the most comfortable version of a VR experience look like? And I realized it would literally be wearing an eye patch that covered up my left eye. So I only saw things through my right eye. And once I did that, you could theoretically have enough camera sensors and precise enough tracking that your sense of 3D could be entirely through parallax and you could have projectors all over the place that that caused your room to expand out into an infinite horizon and as you you know as you walked around um well ar yeah 
Yeah, that was the example I was trying to bring up before. There's like these rooms <laughs> where they where they they project. That is exactly what I was trying to say is that you can basically use camera. You don't need to wear an eye patch. You can just have camera sense where your eyes are looking, and you can do you can create surfaces that basically reflect like different like like you can use you know you can use you know like a like a Fresnel lens or a lenticular, but you can also do things like you can do things where you have a Imagine, you know, every surface has kind of a texture to it that will take uh, an image from one side, an image from another. But even even just like you said, you can create that effect by just those, you know, those optical illusions, right? Hey, look, it's a cube and you turn it sideways and it's super stupid long. You could do that. You could absolutely just do that in real time. So I think that's going to be an option. I think we're going to have a ton of different ways we're going to do it. And but. The biggest challenge right now is people wanted people wanted the ones where I just have the glasses and then it just projects it onto the frames or onto the lens. The problem with that is, remember we saw the thing about Magic Leap and we knew there was something fishy going on is because they had shadows. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's only additive light. It's not uh, you, you. You can't cause darkness to happen on your glasses. Hmm. Yeah, unless there there are some exceptions, and that is one is you could have an LCD shutter. Another one is you could have certain lenses with coatings and stuff that actually could like with a certain kind of like uh, infrared or whatever turn dark, but they weren't doing that to our knowledge. They just weren't, they were just spoiler alert. You know, when they hired Weta special effects to work for them, <laughs> turns out they were using Weta to do VFX for them. Yeah. Turns out it was that right now. <laughs> yeah. Oh well. But uh, I don't know. I don't know. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm. I think that I like having these conversations because as we talk about this stuff and we try to think about like what what will be, you know, neat. Like I said, I'm sitting in front of this. I look at how much bigger this monitor I have is than the original Mac display. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and is hmm. we we have so much of a of of uh. uh I don't know. We are in 2D computing already. So it's. I, oh, I, I feel like the ant that doesn't know about people like there's there's a, there's new dimensions that could be possible with a spatial 3D computing space that I, we have never we don't know yet. I was I'm making some notes yesterday about the whole idea of what would what would a document look like? What what would be the advantage of putting something into 3D? You know, if you had a 3D document, you know, what would be that? Is it the idea that I can pick a thing and rotate it and get more data about it? Is there something about a spreadsheet? Is there something cool or useful that comes from that? And maybe there will be. <laughs> but I don't, I don't immediately know what that is, but I'm also excited well, to, for someone to figure it out. Welcome to our bold new futuristic prediction show. Maybe there will be. <laughs> Look, I feel like that's a great way to go out. Just leave yeah. that. Leave that as your thought, dear listener. Maybe <laughs> it will be. Oh, <laughs> screw off! Come you on. Know what? Actually, I, 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 I'm kind of on board with Justin's take. That hey, one. hey, <laughs> hey, guys, maybe. Just maybe, mm -hmm. it will be. I'm sorry. This is why I don't have enthusiasm. Bryce in a price, Bryce in a Panama hat, standing on some like Mayan pyramid steps. <laughs> He's got a pipe. Him. 
Yes. <laughs> Big drone right. shot to come in. Uh, <laughs> no, we're 70 style. 16 millimeter, Arpisha Clark, Mysterio. Oh, Rule, perfect. Yeah, Moy, great. Church I love of. it. Yep. That, it's Bryce. Bryce, take out your pipe. Yeah. And tell us. Take us out. Maybe it will have been after. <laughs> <laughs> Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this broker. <laughs>